NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. But we want cowboy hats in here. We want people to stay here and feel like they're wanted when they come to to this city, even though they may not go to the rodeo. There is no rodeo like this anywhere in the country. And they know that when they come here. It's a it's, it's spectacular. And it should be because it's Las Vegas. And I'd give all the credit to Pat and their team because we, we push the envelope. What else can we do to drive business to the city and talk about come here for the NFR? Even if you don't go see it, it's an experience like no other. And people do that. They'll book yeah. their vacation during those 10 days knowing they're not going to the rodeo, but they're going to watch it or shop or party or have fun and, and just be part of the whole vibe. And I think that's what we do really, really well. And I don't think another city could really do what we do. This is two-time world champion Paul Eves, and you are listening to NFR Extra. This is going to be an action-packed episode because we have one of the stalwarts here in Vegas with us. Uh, I'm joined by Brylan Bentley and Steve Godert. We're going to be educated by Scott Sabella today because we're going to hear some of the history and what has happened to make the NFR what it is today. So, Scott, if you can, tell us about the first hotel you ever managed here in Vegas. Well, I've had a lot of senior positions in a couple of properties, but the first property where I was president, COO, was uh, Treasure Island uh, back in 2000. Okay. And, and tell us what Treasure Island was like in that era. Back in that era, I would say it was more of a, it was built to be a family property, family-oriented property. Uh, you know, Mr. Wynn created this pirate uh, show out front and was really the first one to think maybe we should bring families, you know, back to Las Vegas. And it, it somewhat worked. Um, it had been open a few years before I got there. I think in 93 we opened. Uh, we decided that that maybe we go a different direction. And we kind of made it more adult-oriented. Uh, changed the pirate show to a, a different format. Sirens of TI, we called it. You know, try to bring that, that adult customer to go watch the show and uh, but back then, that's what the city was all about, and it's kind of moved into not a family destination, but there's still properties that are good at it, and they cater to it. We try to do that a little bit here at Resorts World, but we're not saying we're a family property, but we'll accept families, and we have a family pool and things like that. So the, the town's really evolved you know, a, a, a lot since back then in 2000. That's I love the family part of it, too, because I've got a young family, and people always, you know, oh, you take your kids to Vegas, and my kid's like, Oh, we're going to Vegas with dad. And that's so wonderful for the pro- properties that at least accommodate that, you know, to where it's like you can take your kids and have a nice dinner and, you know, you have those those places that are available. But one of the great things about it is, you know, that my kids love is the NFR experience. And you were a pioneer in getting that going. Please. Yeah, the, I mean, the NFR has done so much for this city. And I think the city's done so much for the NFR. Uh, when I started my career back in the Gold Nugget right at UNLV, uh, the rodeo was just kicking off, and it was more oriented to downtown. I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people on the strip even knew what was happening. Downtown, it was big. The Horseshoe was the big sponsor. We did a lot to Gold Nugget, and that's why I learned a lot about it and still have a lot of good friends that are that were Cowboys at that time or were part of the uh, NFR. Uh, but that's where I really got introduced to it and, and 
again, it was downtown. And then back in, I would say, the late 90s, 2000s, when we started bringing it more on the strip and realized that we're not going to lose the rodeo. We brought it during the, the time when we really need it in December. Yep. And how can we just engage them to do more? You can only get so many people in Thomas and Mac. So it probably started in the early 2000s with all the properties getting involved and doing more than just sending people to the rodeo. And that's what we started to Treasure Island in 2000. Was there an initial vision when you began working even at the Golden Nugget stage on how this event would evolve? I guess the vision that we experienced was how much fun people have when they come to Las Vegas for this event. So it was before they went to the rodeo. When they came back from the rodeo, there was just so much excitement and energy throughout the property. And you could just feel it downtown everywhere you went. But again, it really didn't make it to the strip back when it first started. So we always thought if we could just create more of that, and then Pat put it together where you could actually watch it at the properties. You know, back then you had to go and you couldn't watch it, you know, live. Yeah. Uh, so we took advantage of all the things that we could do with the with the NFR and the, and the PRCA to make the event bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden you have Cowboy Christmas and all the shopping. And, and then you have all the concerts that everybody puts on. And then you have the, the viewing parties. And then after the viewing parties, it just became a great 10 days of how can we bring events to create more people in Las Vegas. And I think today there's times when 150,000 people will be here, but only 16 or 18 are going to the rodeo. To the rodeo, yeah. So did the viewing party come out of necessity? Uh, I mean, how did that that idea come about? Yeah, I think it was to the point, how can we get more people to the rodeo? And we couldn't, mm -hmm. but what else can we do? Uh, so let's show it live. And that's when we would offer it to all the properties on the Strip. And most of them took advantage of it and would have a, a viewing party set up in a ballroom or in a theater or whatever it may be. And today, that's still the most popular thing that happens during the rodeo yeah. um, during those 10 days. That's what I think is really special about, you know, I mean, you talk to these contestants and they talk about the energy uh, that Las Vegas has, that the Thomas and Mac has. But, you know, when they were in Texas, it was like, you could put as many people in you want and you still didn't sell it out. And there's a lot of people that went, but you kind of lost that intimate setting. And, you know, it's almost like the supply and demand where like, hey, there's only 16, 20,000 people that can go and actually watch it. So it's almost like, oh, man, that's so cool. But I like being here so I can watch it and, you know, I can go and I, I don't have to stand in line and everything. So it really does make an accommodation for people that want to watch the rodeo, but don't want to have to travel back or don't want to go whatever. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing, and you're seeing it now in this city more when it comes to anything we do, everything is in our backyard. Mm -hmm. So you may not be able to go to the rodeo, but you can easily go shopping during the day or you can go to a show at night. The other cities will never be as good right. as us because of how how the city's built here. And you see that when we just had the draft and you saw that when you're going to see that during Super Bowl. You'll see that during F1. This city was built that way and we're the best when it comes to holding those type of events. Um, not not because we're any smarter, it's because the assets that we have right. around the city. is built for entertainment. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of that viewing party? Because the first viewing parties are not what they are T today. It's uh, it's an experience. You know, it's not just, hey, we're watching the rodeo and, and having a beer. You know, I, I mean, they have truly evolved from the first viewing parties to what they are now. Yeah. And our, our goal was, again, let's create an event that's fun, has a lot of energy. People enjoy it, but they want to stay and have a drink and bring their friends, things like that. So... We were the first ones to try to do something in the casino. 
And I remember when I got to the Mirage, we took that big sports book area and said, what can we do during rodeo? Not a lot of sporting events going on during that time of the year. And we made the party there. And people thought we were crazy, but we showed it on the screens in there. And, and it was kind of quiet during it. But then once that rodeo was done, it turned into live music and giveaways and all the, yeah. and then meet the Cowboys. And um, I remember the days I had chips. All the, all the Cowboys had their pictures on, on my chips. And <laughs> they would come down and we'd give them, you know, $25 chips to bet and, we just come so far in, in um, creating a great atmosphere on the strip. And, and, and I would say 75% of the properties are doing it today. Some have never really jumped into it and they don't, that's not their niche here at treasure Island. We worked on it while I was trying to open it because we opened late in the summer and we wanted to make sure we're ready for rodeo. And I think for the first year we did a pretty good job of programming it, but we want cowboy hats in here. We want people to stay here and feel like they're wanted when they come to, to this city, even though they may not go to the rodeo. Uh, but it's it did it, it, it's it started showing it live right there on the casino floor. Within these viewing parties, they have also created an additional asset. You know, you speak of the entertainment town that we have. How do the sponsors now fit into your properties as this grows and develops? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, back when we first started this, it was all the expenses were part of the property, and you hope you can sell some beers and offset. But but again, you sell rooms and all those type of things. But now there's a lot of sponsorship involved, and you know, big one is Wrangler. Wrangler probably is part of most of the properties on the Las Vegas Strip. So it's much easier to get the sponsors because they see this crowd. They want to be part of it. And we we kind of turn the whole property over to our sponsors. So it could be the Wrangler Doghouse or this bar could be the Jack Daniels Bar or whatever it may be. So the sky's the limit now. And uh, every year we get more and more sponsors. And it's just, it's it's continues to grow and it's been great. It's interesting too because as this kind as this, uh city has grown, you know, with the other professional sports that are coming in here too. It's almost like a new challenge almost to like, all right, Hey, we have all this other stuff, but you know, like you were talking about when the rodeo first came and these viewing parties for moving forward. Now it's like, Hey, we've got the rodeo and all this other sort of stuff, but you're still catering to those cowboys that are coming in here. And that's, you know, one of the cowboys that, that has really kind of was a pioneer on developing stuff was Casey Jones. So how did that partnership come in with working with Casey? Yeah. Um, exactly what you said. Casey, was uh, I became good friends with Casey. Of course, Casey was competing and one of the best at what he did. But Casey always had a business mind. He mm -hmm. would always give me ideas. You should do this. You should do that. So one day I said, Casey, why don't you partner with me? You know the in and outs. We're still learning. And um, we'll do something together. And it was a perfect relationship because Casey, again, knows everybody. He knows what they want, how to do it. And he became our, our partner and helped program the Mirage. And I believe he's still there today. You know, I'd love to bring him over here, but they locked him up for a little while. <laughs> and it's been great because Casey was a great cowboy. He's also a good businessman and doing well in, in a number of different things. He's an entrepreneur. But Casey, you know, did help put that on the map and helped uh, what we did and, and it gave other properties ideas. So everybody was kind of doing what we're doing. And then they all found their own Casey. Yeah, and this year I Trevor Brazil is going to be working with us. Trevor will be my ambassador here um, at Resorts World and, and working with us throughout the year. But you meet some great people and just really know that niche and that business when it comes to um, what they do, and it just brings a lot of um, a lot of support to us. It helps us a lot. You don't grab much low low hanging fruit when you're bringing guys like yeah. Trevor <laughs> on the deal. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're you're trying to bring one of the best, and that's. You can't find a better human being than Trevor to do that. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back. 
Looking to rope in some new news and features you can't find anywhere else? Then look no further than the series of blogs and vlogs at NFRExperience.com. You'll find customized content on all things rodeo and Las Vegas. There's the NFR Insider with Susan Canode, Hurley's Hotspots, NFR Experience, Junior World Finals one-on-one with Wrangler contestants, Behind the Shoots, Heart of the NFR, and Gold Buckle Buzz. Every year, rodeo fans make their way to Las Vegas to immerse themselves in the Western lifestyle. For many, their NFR experience includes a trip or two to the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas in search of more. More time with friends. More fashion. More entertainment. More choices. More autograph sessions. More you and more Vegas. The Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas, December 1st through 10th at the Las Vegas Convention Center, South Halls. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's all here. Every December, the next generation of rodeo stars makes the trek to Las Vegas to compete in the Yeti Junior World Finals. Watch the competition in nine events as these kids hope to open their presents early. For 10 days, it's all about more cowboys, more cowgirls, more competition, more champions, and more Vegas. Don't miss rodeos next up at the Yeti Junior World Finals. But to get back to this this viewing party experience, you don't just have the opportunity to watch the NFR. You also put an opportunity to watch a show after the show. So you you had some concerts in your viewing parties, did you not? Absolutely. So again, once the you know you had a big party at the viewing party, people are watching the rodeo, and then once it stops, uh, once it's over, then the music starts and it could go till wee hours in the morning. And we had good acts. So back then it was try to get some acts that are up and coming that people recognize. Right. The other thing we learned is is not everybody that goes to the rodeo wants to listen to country music. Right. You know, so sometimes we go overboard on country music. Like they hear that every day if they want to. They want to come here and listen to different kind of, you know, South Rock, whatever, Southern Rock, sure. whatever it may be. So we learned that lesson too. So we'd have different type of bands and we had DJs sometimes. But again, just to keep that activity going and keep the party going because we knew if you didn't go to the rodeo, you're there, but the people from the rodeo are coming back, and they look forward to it. And then the people around town would go where the best parties were, and you would just see them flock to those areas. Um, so absolutely, music played a big role in it. Mind you, some of the best parties that still to this day exist are those that you were a part of. TI, Mirage, and MGM is one that we didn't touch on yet. How did MGM develop and exist but so differently? And that's, you know, MGM's a, a, a really good story because when I left the Mirage to go to the MGM, it was their second year and they were trying to do what we were doing. Um, and they had a great plan to go after all the champions. Uh, so we just kind of went along with that. And I liked the idea. And they were going to do it up in a ballroom and kind of convinced them, you don't want to leave that casino floor if we, unless you can't find anything. So we found the back of the casino back in the sports book and created the same thing the MGM did. And there's enough to go around during that you know, time of the rodeo. Uh, so we, 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 had, we sponsored all the champions, previous champions, uh, champions today, and that was our niche. Uh, so everybody would come down, have a great time, did everything we did at the other properties. But again, the champions were there. So you get to meet them. And they want to – and these guys are big celebrities. We sure. may not know them as well, but they – Everybody that comes to the rodeo knows who they are. Comes in town, so when they see them, it's 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 great. It's great having them as their presence. Uh, and MGM today still does it. 
uh, home of the champions, I believe it's called, and, and they're doing great. And it's great to hear that Treasure Island's still doing it. I know the Mirage still does it, and and now MGM. So it's just great to be able to help form those those events. And what was your role at MGM? I was the president of MGM. Yeah, so I, I left Treasure Island after five years, became president of Mirage. I was there five or six years, and then went to MGM president for 11 years, and I've been here about three and a half, four years now at Resorts World. Well, I, I can tell you walking onto this property, it's it's a little bit overwhelming in certain spots. So um, tell us about Resorts World and, and what's going on here. So we uh, we opened last July, late June, and we're on 88 acres. We, we built on 42 of it. Phase one is completely done. Everything's open. Things are going great. Every month we gain more and more momentum. But again, what I tell people is I'm looking more forward to what I can do with the other 42 acres. So we're already talking about some really nice attractions, more more hotel rooms, more convention space. And that's was the plan from the beginning. The property was built that way so we could just integrate whatever we built into it um, and just kind of put the puzzles together. And that's what we're working on now. But but it's been it's been great since opening. The boring tunnel uh, will open in the next couple of weeks. So our guests, our convention guests, go downstairs, jump in the Tesla car. They'll be there in less than 40 seconds. First property Jeez. and only property on the strip. 40 seconds. Um, so it's it's uh, it's been great. Uh, it's been tough opening during COVID, but it's great to see the conventions are coming back. And once I get people to see the property, they just fall in love with it. And we know we're on the north side of the strip. It wasn't going to happen overnight. But I can happily say that we've been positive cash flowing since day one uh, so we're still ramping up but we're making money so it, it's, it's been great a great nine or ten months so far well that's good to hear it's, it's hard to talk about this property and and explain what the experience is when you walk in and as andy talked about like it's a little bit overwhelming to where it's like oh wow there's a lot of stuff but i mean you go through like the um the famous food street there with every, i mean they have do you want mexican do you want barbecue do you want what do you want that's great. I mean, the amenities that you have here are are first class all the way and second to none. But the ambiance that this place has with the LEDs, like I think you said, there's more LEDs in here than probably the rest of Las Vegas, it seems like. But uh, I mean, to see how beautiful this place is and, uh, you know, it, it's like you can come here with your friends, you can come here with your wife and it's going to be one of those just all around covering all the bases. So what, if you can, please tell us NFR experience that you have for Resorts World. So thank you for for those kind words on the property. Last year during the rodeo, as I mentioned, I, I think we did a really good job. We programmed it really well. This year, we're going to take it to the next level. Uh, I want the entire place to feel like it's part of the NFR. And the, the good thing about Resorts World is, is yeah, we report to a board, but we kind of make the decisions here. We have a lot of support, so we can basically do anything we want. And as you mentioned, we, we got a lot of LED here. So we're already talking about doing some cool things on the LED screen, maybe showing the rodeo. Oh, wow. LED screen. But just not programming doghouse, but programming all the different bars and programming everything possible so customers feel, you know, comfortable. And I'm really excited now that we'll have the boring. So our guests can go right under, the, get in the cars and go straight to the, Bam. Yeah, the, the shopping. Um, so, again, it's just as much as we can possibly do them. But we've, we really gained a lot of momentum from last year and already people calling us to do more with us. So sponsors and, and, and rooms and things like that. But we're going to keep doing as much as we can as, as to make it big for the NFR. You've been on the LVE board and the NFRC for 12 or so years. How has the NFR evolved in Las Vegas? It's been here since 85. You've been involved. 
What are some of your key points that you think have stood out here in Las Vegas? I would say the reason why everything we talked about is important, but when it comes to the rodeo itself, there is no rodeo like this anywhere in the country. And they know that when they come here. It's, a, it's, it's spectacular. And it should be because it's Las Vegas. And I'd give all the credit to Pat and their team because we, we just don't, we push the envelope. You know, it's not like it was a great rodeo. Okay, what can we do next year to make it better? There's got to be something. And sometimes people don't like change, and it's not mm-hmm. easy to do. But we push hard and say, well, we're going to do something different to create a better experience. Right. Because it's all about technology, innovation, and things change, just like this property. Every decision we made, it, I, I had them think about technology with the LEDs and how you check in and how you order food, everything. And I think do a good job with And I know the PRCA loves that because you never know what to expect. And Pat's team continues to, again, push the envelope and what can we do um, differently. And, I, and, I, and it's working because you never know. And it makes it show better, better, and better. And then we do a lot of things like this. You can only do so, you can only, again, get so many people into the arena. What else can we do to drive business to the city and talk about come here for the NFR? Even if you don't go see it, it's an experience like no other. And people do that. They'll book yeah. their vacation during those 10 days knowing they're not going to the rodeo but they're going to watch it or shop or party or have fun and, and just be part of the whole vibe. And I think that's what we do really, really well. And I don't think another city could really do what we do. One thing that, uh, you know, talking about when people come here and they expect certain things, there is no rodeo like this. There's no city that is like Las Vegas. And, you know, when every year in December you come down here and I, I mean, I'll never forget my first time walking in, to Las Vegas for going to the NFR, never been there. And it's like, when you walk into, um, you know, those, one of those hotels properties, the treasure Island Mirage MGM that you have put your fingerprints on, you walk in and you know, the rodeo is in town. And I think that that's one of the great things to where you go to some other property and it's like, is there, is the rodeo not, or we're not doing the, we're, they have the things like, Oh, I don't, there's a lot of cowboy hats and you get that. And you're like, come on, man. But when you go there and like I said, when you've got that precedence that you have set, it's like we're rodeoing and it's going to be the best rodeo. And that, I mean, to me is like my hat's off to you because that, that was one of the greatest impressions and experiences you, you feel. And moving forward, it's like, that's what people want is when they come in here is just that, you know, and, and you've kind of shown the way for that. At the same time, I think we've come a long way with the, the city itself. The city knows how important this is. So it's, we welcome the rodeo fans the minute they drive here, land here, the airports, whatever we can do. Yep. And we appreciate it. It's important for this city. Um, we never want to lose the rodeo. We want it to be here forever and ever. And Pat and I pass it on to the, you know, to the next members. But the rodeo, again, has made Vegas what it is. But at the same time, we've helped NFR and we've helped grow it. And we got to continue to do these things so we don't lose it. And Absolutely. I, and I appreciate what you say. And, and, um, but I think every year more people are jumping on the bandwagon and realize it, that, that what can we do to get to be part of it? Yeah. Um, and that's what you're starting to see. So, Scott, this property is is one that, in my opinion, um, it, it has some feel for the traditional fan, but I also think that it continues to push towards the future. Um, and, and that, to me, in, in my humble opinion, is the big question that everybody has to answer, you know, is how, how do we get that next generation of fan outside of all the season ticket holders that we've had for year after year? How, how do we accommodate them? So... With this beautiful property, tell us what makes it a little bit new and a little bit different because we've seen it, but say somebody's never stepped foot in Resorts World, what separates it from all the other properties that you've worked at? I would say 
from the beginning, and it's not easy to do, but we wanted to cater to different levels of customers. So I don't need to mention names, but we want to compete with a number of properties on the strip. We think we're ultra luxury. We know we are in some areas, and we're luxury, and then we're a mass market property. We have five-star restaurants, and then we have three-star fast uh, food restaurants. We're trying to be everything to everybody without um, alienating anybody, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you can go to a five-star restaurant one night, and the next night you can go to a, our sports book uh, called The Doghouse, which is a big country bar with live music playing. So we, we try to do something that you don't see a lot of properties doing in Las Vegas because it's not easy because you've got all these different niches. But it seems to be working. At the same time, we're a convention property because we're across the street from the, from the new convention center. So, again, we're, we're, we're flexible where there's a lot to offer, different type of room types. We, we do believe we're the truly integrated property. People may say that, but we have a 5,000-seat theater. We have 300,000 square feet of convention space. We have a nightlife experience like anybody else. We have, we think, the best spa. We have lounges all over the property. We try to be the best at, at, at what we could do when we created these type of things. We have over 40 restaurants. Um, I kind of broke the mold when we built it. You're not supposed to have a bright casino, no natural light. Yeah. The elevators aren't supposed to be near the check-in area. That was 10, 12 years ago when the last property at this level was built. So we did it differently. We used different technology. And it was just a different mindset because Holly Vegas has evolved to where it is today. It was um, somewhat of a paradigm shift, uh, knowing that the business would shift down to this side of the strip, which I like to call the lux luxury side of the strip. Uh, so something we offer something to everybody here. Uh, but I agree with you. We, that's why it's important that Pat and his team continue to, to, to do what we have to do at the rodeo itself because it's going to be a next generation going there, right? They might yep. want to experience it differently or the city. You know, it's, it's going to turn over to that next generation. So we all have to continue to think outside the box to, to get that next generation to, to want to come here and enjoy all this. All right. I'm going to go off script, and this may get me fired. But looking at you, you're wearing a great-looking sports coat. I mean, you are a good-looking, well-put-together man, Scott. But what is it about the NFR and the cowboy lifestyle that keeps you coming back? Because if I were to see you walking through this property— I wouldn't say, well, Scott Sabella is going to go to the NFR and watch the rodeo. I would say that's a guy that's done well for himself. He's a successful businessman. But what is it that attracts you to the NFR and the cowboy way of life? Yeah, I love that question. Um, again, I've got to know so many great cowboys and people that are in this industry. And they're such good people and caring people. And you see where all these people come from all over the country, but usually from states where they're just so friendly and they appreciate it. And that's why it's important that we welcome them. And I just enjoy that time of year because I look forward to that. Everybody just wants to have fun. There's no trouble. They want an ex they want to, again, be welcome, but they want that experience. So I like to put myself in their shoes during that and put my jeans on and cowboy boots and cowboy hat and kind of be one of them. But no way can I do it during the year. I just don't <laughs> have what they have. But sure. I think that's what the city loves about it. They're just great, caring people that love our city. And, and give us so much in return, we have to welcome them. Yep. And that's what I always tell my people that they just want to be welcome. And, and, but just they're again, great people and just love being around them ever since I got into this business. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to speak for my comrades here, but your, your staff here at resorts world has been outstanding and, and we truly appreciate your hospitality because this is, this has been a, a, a true gift for us to be a part of, of what you have going on here. Thank you. Love having you guys here. And I'm glad we did this. Yes, sir. Scott, we appreciate you being part of NFR Extra. Thank you. 
Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.